Sean Murphy. I don't need to say any more. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm one of your two hosts here. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever you get podcasts. And in our daily YouTube count, we are at 939. We need 61 more of you or friends or your family to subscribe to help us get to the monetization, which would be huge for both of us podcasters here. Who am I? I'm the only person who gave Sean Murphy a first-round grade coming out of college. I'm one of the few people who got to catch him that year. Uh, Not an intentional pun. Uh, because he had a broken handmade bone and didn't play a lot. And I drove all the way to, I believe, was it Lake County Stadium? Is that the one where Youngstown State occasionally play? I can't remember. Is that wrong? I, Maybe Mahoney I don't Valley. think so. Oh, um, um, yeah. The Scrappers. one behind the mall. Scrappers. Uh, the Scrappers, yeah. So I, I drove up there, caught a game in the pouring rain where he put on an absolute show. And I believe the other scout there, there were two scouts. We all, uh, well, I wasn't a scout, but we hung out in the tunnel. And one of them was from Oakland and saw him like, running like a gazelle, hitting for power in a downpour, and just making the other side look foolish. Cleveland Guardians disagreed with me and took Logan Ice uh, instead, one round before Sean Murphy. So, But they can correct that issue and the rumor of the day. Well, first, wait, I'm running all over this. Justin? I am Justin, the other co-host of this podcast, and uh, I did not give Sean Murphy first-round grade because I didn't know who he was. Back then, the draft is not my forte. My forte is to watch prospects after they've already been drafted because that's hard enough to do i do that at guardians baseball insider where i you know make it look like i have some idea what i'm talking about but really i just sit here and go back and forth with jeff and hope for the best we everyone kind of knew about murphy who was on the scene then i will say just because he had like elite of the elite pop times so everyone was intrigued and then his stock took a hit because he broke his handmate like that's just plain simply the end of it and uh yeah didn't work out uh, quite the way Cleveland had hoped. Logan Ice had, had had two disappointing years at Oregon State, broke out, and Cleveland believed the break. Unfortunately, it did not break their way. John Morrissey, Morosi, I'm sorry. There's, you know, pronunciation issues. Uh, hit me again. Uh, he said the Guardians are interested. It's like, oh, you're, you're kidding me. This is, this is a fresh story. The one thing we always talk about is who – who does this benefit? Essentially, this is someone in Oakland leaking a story to say, let's get some more offers in. Like, okay, they got top offer right now. Uh, you, if you're reading between the lines enough, you know they're not willing to offer Williams or Espino in a deal unless they've changed their mind. It's like, this feels like they have not changed their mind. They are not going to move one of those top two arms. So this is their offer. And can someone else top it? Cleveland has depth. It, it is hard to top them, even if they don't do those top two guys. But again, at the end of the day, nothing ever gets out of Cleveland. They, you know, they, they are a tight ship there. And that, if, if they were the Empire, the Death Star would have never been blown up. Like, that's just the way of it. Nothing escapes at Cleveland Guardians front office. And this is clearly, again, it's, it's a, it's not new information. <laughs> They're interested in Murphy. They've been interested in Murphy for nine months that they're one of the potential front runners doesn't tell us anything uh, other than getting everyone hot and bothered, but we do have to discuss it uh, because it is news. And in a time of low news, 
yeah. Are you shocked that they are interested in Sean Murphy? Well, first, are you telling me there's there's no kidnapped scientist somewhere in the Guardian's front office? Like, there's no uh, Jonah Hill in there who's somebody's, like, nephew who's good at computers. They kidnapped and just uh, put him to work. That's how it could have leaked. I'm trying to make a Star Wars reference here. You made a Star Wars reference. And- oh, I mean, well, I'm a super Star Wars nerd, so I can just keep going. It's a... Uh- I don't know. Uh, That's a Rogue One reference. Yeah, you know, I was going into Rogue One. I mean, I I finished watching Andor. Apparently, we're going to get into some streaming talk for the second day in a row. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's... uh, uh, There's... uh, Is is this Jin or so trying to get to her father? Is that what we're going for here? Either way... You you could have got me down a very scary rabbit hole there with uh, the Star Wars uh, and baseball crossover. That's... uh, that's dangerous I think you territory. Can probably, let's see if I move this. You can see the little <laughs> Darth Vader lightsaber in the background of uh, of mine. Like there is a something I got when I was like in middle school hanging out uh, back there. So uh, my nerd dumb is high. I'm not going to hide it. But uh, listen, Sean Murphy makes his team a lot better. It is a massive improvement. Uh, you know, I the locked on Oakland. Uh, Jason Burke is like, hey, who would you trade? Because I'm sure that that's going to be something he now uses in his show tonight. And I'll be honest, my trade offer, and this is going to make some people mad. I don't want to part with the big three. So it immediately, if you're not going to part with those three big arms, which to me, tier one is the three pitchers. My top four prospects are those three pitchers and nailer. I'm willing to go trade my five, six, which is and honestly, I don't think they're my five, six anymore. I think Martinez, the more information and the more advanced data we're getting, on hell or angel martinez is a tier two guy he is five or six in this system for me right now like he is up there so i'm saying rocchio and valera because you're gonna have to trade multiple pieces from tier two i'm saying logan allen because when you're looking at that next tier of of pitching they like pitchability guys that's logan allen fourth piece it's probably someone like Cody Morris or Tyler Freeman. Like it's something from that tier. It's, it's going to be expensive. And I know people are screaming about the cost. If Avery's listening right now, he is burning his phone in a fiery pit somewhere. But if you're going to go get this player, it's, it's going to hurt. And this is a counterpoint. I went through and pulled up like for Matt Olson, like the fourth piece was Joey Estes, who as a 19 year old in a ball, uh, because of a missed 2020, he was drafted as a 17-year-old, had an 11.5 strikeout to, per nine and a 2.6 walk per nine. He was really good. He was the fourth piece. Ryan Cusick had been their first-round pick the year before with the Braves and was a big strike thrower, strikeout guy. Shane Langoliers, the centerpiece, was a top-10 overall selection, ninth, I believe, and you know a future power-inning catcher. And Christian Pache, at various times, had been one of the top-10 prospects in baseball. All of us were a little bit concern that he might that either he's going to be a star or he's going to be nothing because of the bad issues but he was still a interesting prospect Murphy he might be miles has, straw yeah like and you hope for more at the time there was still a little more ceiling chatter but murphy plays a more valuable position i believe has one more year of control and we were like looking at even other deals like what Chris Bassett got JT again, a uh, college pitcher, but they like those smaller guys who throw hard. And then Adam Oler, who was yeah, a TJ too. pitchability guy. Yeah. And they're not great. Yeah. That's the thing. Like if it's not like Cody Morris, it's if it's not Logan Allen, like the other deal I see is like, if you go Valero Rocchio Cantillo, 
Like they wouldn't be scared off of Cantillo and he is, there are people who are going to have Cantillo eighth in the system, seventh in the system. I'm, I'm calling it now. I, he is higher rated than people think because the data when he did pitch was it's that good. good. It's good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Avery definitely is trying to force choke us uh, yes. right now, talking about this trade again. And I know everyone's force like, lightning. oh, yes. All they're, all they're doing right now is talking about Sean Murphy. We've had, I don't know how many shows about Sean Murphy at this point. It keeps coming up. It, just, it, it, I mean, does, it does. And and it's not unfounded. I mean, they've been connected to him going back to the summer. And then the report was, was Anthony Kastrovin said that the it was like a little small nugget in his last piece. The, it was the his Black Friday piece, I think. He has said about, you know, moves that could work. And we, neither of us agreed with the, the, the trade because it was just Valera and Rocchio for Murphy. But he dropped a little nugget in there saying that uh, Cleveland was reluctant to, to trade any of its top pitching prospects for Murphy at the time. I don't know if they've relented on that. I will say, you know, we're talking about media literacy and this time of year is a silly season. Same with late July. Um, there's not a lot of new news in Morosi's tweet saying guardians, most active are among most active suitors for Murphy. I am sure they're having discussions. There's no doubt they're interested in him. Um, it's not really new. I think, I think there's enough, I don't know, have we reached the point where maybe some of this leak stuff has kind of jumped the shark? Because I think everybody out there knows who's looking for what. Like, I think Cleveland's pretty aware that the Cardinals want a catcher. They want Sean Murphy. I think the Cardinals are pretty aware at this point that the Cleveland's interested in Sean Murphy. I don't know if you necessarily need John Morosi to get a a tip from Oakland saying, Hey, the guardians are right now uh, talking to us a lot about Sean Murphy. Like, I don't think you need that tweet to stir the pot for John Mazalak and the Cardinals to say, Oh, the offer has been up for Sean Murphy. Like Cleveland's interested. I think, you know, that these guys are so connected. Like, yeah, you're not going to give away trade secrets because you're never going to want to give up what you're getting, what your offer is for a certain guy. But I wonder if we've kind of jumped the shark a little bit on this whole, you know, yes, you always want to look at these this information and say, okay, who does this benefit? Because that does happen, and you do have to be careful. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know, I just think that some of, this, some of these GMs are just connected now, and I, I think you don't necessarily need, you don't need, planted leaks like planted leaks are still going to happen but i don't think you need them to no generally convey broad interest like if there's especially when it comes to sean murphy like if it's a if it's a different prospect or different situation or a different player you know possibly but for a player of of the oak of sean murphy i don't know if you necessarily need that kind of tweet so yes i think i think some of it is is for engagement and for tv conversation for morosi because they 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 need that right now before the winter meetings start but I do think some of that is is pretty obvious, and um, who knows? I think you also have to hope that he has a third party source. It's not coming just from Oakland, too. That's what you have to think about. But no, this rumor definitely does stand to benefit Oakland. But um, I don't think it's it's when you're talking about plays with Sean Murphy. I don't think it's it's as uh, needed as you think. I think you can maybe take a step back from all of that um, talk about how who this benefits and who's leaking it because I think it's just obvious. It could just be as simple as two of like, hey, what do you got? Like sometimes everyone's desperate yeah. for info. And he might have gone to his Oakland guy and be like, what do you got? And it could even it, it couldn't 
it might not even be to generate. It just might be like, okay, well, I can tell you the thing everyone knows. Like, you know, because uh, the high-level media guys have relationships. And, yeah, it, it could be like, okay, if I'm going to give him something, what can I afford to give him? Well, I can give him the thing that everyone and their mother knows. Like, right. And you know, none of this is a knock on John Morosi. I have a lot of respect no. for him. Like, we've talked about it before. As a bilingual reporter, that's it's super impressive. But I am going to be honest. I think in tiers of reporters nationally, like for me, it's Passon and Rosenthal. And then I think everybody else, what about like prospect rankings and reporter rankings? It's Jeff Pass and Ken Rosenthal. And then I think from there, everything's a tear down. That's again, that's not a knock on Rosie. That's just saying when you start to see things from certain reporters, that's when you can probably you, buy you go down more your information. Tiers, and then when you get to, you know, the low tier, you got Bowden and Hayman. Yes. That's, there you go. That's where that ends. Well, John uh, is in his own tier because it's just the it's just the Scott Boris yeah. tier. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe uh, maybe John Heyman will break the uh, yeah. Josh Bell at Cleveland news. And we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. But and I, I want to say one other thing. As much as I bang on bag on, I don't bang on. I, I bag on Bowden. At least he's he's doing content. Like right now, it's kind of amazing how no one is filling that void. And like every it's bad. It's, you know, I, I kind of, it takes me back to the time. I'm like, man, I, I should go back and write. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. I do this podcast. I teach and I have kids. So that's not going to happen. But uh, instead we do it here. You get the equivalent of it in this format. But we need to get to our next segment. We have talked. There's nothing more to talk about with Murphy for the most part. Oh, there is. Oh, there is. I mean, there, there is. is. We've, we've covered a ton of it. Let me change my mind, my statement. We've covered so much Murphy. We could go super deep in the weeds, but people probably... There are people out there who are like, nah, John Murphy again, I'm sure. We'll have to see. When this is the news of the day, we're going to cover it. So we covered it as best as we can. Hopefully, at some point during this winter meetings, Sean Murphy will be a guardian. And, you know, we'll have a, uh, a episode that's just a dance party while we sit back and enjoy <laughs> that. That won't really happen. Maybe that's like a five minute bonus short episode of me just like horribly dancing. If they get, I guess, uh, in the comments, is that what you want of Sean Murphy signs? It's just a terrible uh, one for the, the YouTube shorts. Uh, but we're going to take a break, talk about one of our fantastic sponsors and come back and uh, jump on the tease that was given earlier about Josh Bell. But first, let's talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. Listen, they got you covered, right? Let's. Let's not go to the ad read. I, I want to talk about. So I am currently on the Bet Online website. Esports. We talk about that. That's something different. Something you don't see as much from more of your traditional uh, place. They they have a esports tab. You can go in English or Chinese. You can look at that. They have online poker. They have contests. They have promos, race books, casino games. It's not just sports handicapping. Whatever it is that you are looking for. You will find it over with our good friends, Bet Online. Go check it out for yourself. It's a very easy to navigate website. You can go through, and like I said, you're amazed at the t- t- oh, table tennis that uh, are appearing. Uh, um, they do have live plays. You might have heard some of that music pop up there. So go check out Bet Online for yourself today. They are a fantastic sponsor. Uh, anything you need in that area, they have you covered. Get in the game with Bet Online today. So I feel like I feel like uh, if you're if you're Moff Gideon, mm-hmm. Sean Murphy is your 
the child, your Grogu. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's it. Kind of. I mean, though I've never had him. <laughs> like at least at one time, Gideon had uh, the child, right? Like then, uh, then they came along. That's and, true. Sure. I'm just gonna find a way to pepper in Star Wars references. This, at this point. I mean, we could go the other nerdy way. It's like, is 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 he my my one ring and I'm Gollum? I mean, I do have some facial resemblance. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we can we can go. Uh, my my nerd runs deep. <laughs> um, it's it is. I, I just all the stereotypes. I mean, you can see the board games. You probably see the video games, <laughs> Star Wars stuff, the baseball stats. I'm just setting myself up to get absolutely leveled in these comments today so there we go i'm right there with you it's okay because um, nobody can see my stuff now josh bell i thought one of the you know going into the the bowden piece one of the more interesting statements in there one i i don't see the contract being that cheap we'll, we'll get into it but like we talked about how there are some similarities between him and carlos santana and carlos santana got significantly more than 39 million when he was two years older than bell is um, but I thought it was interesting. They talked about how he would fit in as a high character guy in the Cleveland locker room. I thought that was an interesting statement that, I, I mean, I agree. He definitely is a very intelligent guy, but they intentionally, he seemed to focus in on that as one of his statements with, uh, Bell. Um, who said that Jim Bowden in his piece trying mm-hmm. to do the matching up of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pull up the article and read the exact thing, uh, here. And when I get to Cleveland, what everyone wants, just someone vamping on air. Uh, the Guardians need another power bat, which Bell could provide. Actually, that's not true. He's not a real power bat. He had that one big season. He's He, he would be an improvement, but I wouldn't call him a power bat. Bell reached base at a 36% clip with 14 home runs and 71 RBIs in a split season. Uh, he's, his strong makeup would fit nicely with Cleveland's young group of up-and-coming players. He's, he's a power bat the same way Carl Santana was. He has yeah. 30 home run power but it's more like 25 home run power. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I tweeted this earlier today and it got some, some reaction on, uh, and not, not, I wasn't intentionally trying to stir anything up, but um, Josh Bell's agent is Scott Boris. Cleveland doesn't typically talk to, I shouldn't say talk to Cleveland typically does not end up in the running for most Scott Boris clients. Um. The last time they did that was Nick Swisher, Michael Bourne. We talked about this when we talked about the Gavin Williams situation. Uh, we know Boris definitely doesn't do extensions. Cleveland has signed. So uh, someone did point out to me that you know, okay, the last yes, Cleveland doesn't typically sign Scott Boris free agents, but the last the last couple of major free agents they have signed were Scott Boris clients. Like Bourne and Swisher were Scott Boris clients. That's the last. That's besides Edwin, that was the last major free agent they sent, they signed. Boone Logan. So anyway, we're, we're just gonna, we're gonna let that one go. That was Brian like Shaw. The, uh, that was the phantom one or the phantom menace of comments today. Oh, uh, we're, we're, on this yeah. discussion. Um, so yeah, the, la- the last couple times Cleveland has signed a big free agent. They have been Scott Boris clients. They just yeah, they don't get in the waters with Scott. There's Boris. no trade embargo. Involving Scott Boris <laughs> in Cleveland. Yes, they're not. They're not salt. My salt runners or spice runners, I should say. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, do you think that there is any? I think does that complicate things at all? Because to to me, no. this is this is why I tweeted this. Um, it has nothing to do with Boris specifically or Josh Bell specifically, but it has to do with the fact that 
A, the first base market has been strong so far between Santana and Bell, or Santana and Abreu, which we've covered. And Boris always gets his players top value, you know, the top of the market. His market's going to be strong based on what Abreu and Santana just got. So is, is he going to wind up falling into a range where Cleveland is going to be in play? And to me, that comes down to, I mean, Cle- Cleveland always sets their price, right? This is not a, this is not a quote unquote, get your guy thing. There is no quote unquote guy for Cleveland. There is only players we like and the, pl- the, the price we're willing to pay for them. That is all it is. There is no your guy thing. It is value and price. If these two things don't equal out, Cleveland's not doing anything. You, if you're if you're listening, you can't see me waving my hands. That's just for the effect. Um, Cleveland's not interested if, if they don't get their value. They set their value and they they usually stick to it. Um, I suppose they could you know up the ante a little bit if they really feel strongly about a certain player. But I, I think this is a pretty measured front office with those kind of things. Maybe more so in, in prospects, but. I just wonder, do do they view Josh Bell? It's going to come down to whether or not they view Bell as an impact an uh, impact player for what he's going to get. I think it's going to be four sixty four. I think that's what it's going to come in at. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to get three thirty nine. That just seems absurdly low to me, based on what Abreu just got. How is he going to get less than Jose Abreu? Five year. I know he's not as good as Jose Abreu, but he's younger. The market's strong. He's a switch hitter. There is good. There are good trades there. Uh, Abreu actually grades out as a better defender. I will say, um, consistency, I mean, bell and consistency are two words that don't go together. And his second half, um, was as, was as well received as the Phantom Menace. Let's, let's just keep this star Wars going. It was, it was putrid. He said he was awful in the second half. It was an 84 runs created plus, uh, he is not a good, def- or an 81, even worse than I thought he, he just, the power went away. He was not, it was not good. So his second half wasn't good. His he's had multiple below average seasons. He is not a good defender. He's probably more a DH than a first baseman. So those are the things that could hold him back. Um, listen, Abreu has been consistently consistently awesome. That's why he got the big money because he is a no doubter. Like you're going to get him in this next two years. You know he's going to be one of the top ten players, if not top five, at his position. Josh Bell, you can't guarantee he's going to be top fifteen. And that could also be where Cleveland says, nope, nope. I don't think Boris matters. It's Boris gets the most money. And if Cleveland happens to offer the most, he's here. Um, if he's 339, you do that tomorrow. If he's 464, exactly. I'm stopping to think a little bit more. Because again, as much as I'm really intrigued by him, I mean, his power has been inconsistent for his career. His, uh, his just his overall year to year production has had inconsistencies. Um, I mean, that dates back to even the minors. Like his his prospect ranking was like year to year on massive flux. The consistency has just not been, he has been consistently inconsistent. Um, so I think that's, when you look at that, you look at the fact that some people view him as a DH and then you look at that bad second half. Was it due to the trade? Was it, you know, due to uh, pressure down the stretch? Was it due to impending free agency? Was it due to just having some bad factors? I don't know, oh, but perfect. he had a ballpark i mean he went from a 149 weighted runs created uh plot weighted runs created which again that means he is almost 50 percent better than your average player in the first half to an 84 81 so he's 20 percent below so i think there's reasons why he might end up getting less and i could see him 
and that, that's the thing. It's like I could almost see him settling for a two-year deal because at the end of a two-year deal, he's 32 and he could still get paid again. Like if he takes a three or a three-year deal, it's 33. The pay it's harder to do four. It, he I don't know if he wants a four-year deal. Like you can't hit free agency again on a four-year deal at age 34 and likely get as much money. I could almost see him settling for something like. The more I thought about it, it's like two years, 30 million. Like that could get it done at 15 million a year because then he gets to, or if it is a four-year contract, I could see an opt-out. Like I think there's going to be a drive to get one more free agent contract in there. I don't know. I don't think he's at the age where he's going to do that. I think, I mean, I think this is his first baseman decline so quickly. Um, I don't know. I I just think after that down year, it's going to be hard for him to get paid the way he maybe necessarily wants to. I wouldn't, like I said, that's, I wouldn't be shocked if he took a little less. Um, Maybe. But like you said, if, if, if he was really going to take 339, you'd do it tomorrow. mm -hmm. Um, If he's going to get less than that, I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland would love less risk. They are very risk averse. If he can get, he signed for two and 30, I think Cleveland would have done it already because I don't think there's any risk involved for them in such a move. So that doesn't, to me, that doesn't add up. Uh, but this profile was sometimes, no, he couldn't have been. Never mind. No. So this profile sometimes doesn't age all that great. You know, uh, we, Nick Swisher, I don't want to say Nick Swisher was similar, but I think a lot of us felt, I, yeah, I think a lot of us felt like Nick Swisher was going to age well because of the walks. Right. Well now we're, and, and Santana has aged, somewhat well i mean he did have that rebound in 2019 but if you go if you go back you know 20 he wasn't great 21 he had wasn't great 22 he wasn't great um yes he's still walking but that's the only value he's really providing defense and value and leadership and a little bit of power but overall the kills OPS, lefties kills lefties i mean he was yeah and, and, bell, lefties. and bell could be of a similar ilk with the ages I just think that this this profile sometimes look. He had a lower swing strike rate this year at eight point seven. That's the lowest of that's second lowest of his career. That's that's great. Um, I don't know. I think there's a risk though that he come he 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 gets a thirty two, and he hits the free. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe there's an opt out situation where he can go back on the market at thirty two, and go back and get three more years. Um. I just don't think the market's that soft. I think the market is going to be strong for him. I know the inconsistency is a worry, but I okay. What teams are interested in first baseman? Look, look. Let's look at it that way because this is not necessarily player dependent. It's market dependent. Who needs a first baseman? The Padres need a first baseman. The um, the Ray the Mar, uh, the Marlins offered on yeah. a Bayou. Yeah, the Rays that we're gonna we're checking in on a Brayu. Yeah, the Marlins. Uh, like I said, they've supposedly offered. I'm trying to think who were the runner-up teams on a Brayu. The Cub. There are people talking about the Cubs uh, going after a Brayu. Yeah. So I mean, there's you know there's a lot of teams out there who yeah. still need a first baseman. Um, the Giants are, are the Giants are going to need a first baseman, right? They love Brandon Belko, right? Um. Yeah, I mean they they'll probably. I mean I'm trying to think what they're. Um, right now, JD Davis is slated to be their first baseman. I could see JD Davis popping more back into a DH a utility. Yeah, dude. Well, Jack Peterson's back, but you can move Davis around. So you've got the Giants. You've got Davis. Had a, well, man, Davis still had a solid offensive year. 
He did, but okay. he did some of the other spots. All right, so you've got you've got the <laughs> the Guardians, the Cubs, the Giants, uh, the Rays, and who was the other one I just said? Oh, the Marlins, Rays, Marlins. Yeah. So there's in the Padres. So there's five or six teams out there that are after first baseman. Guess who the, the next best first baseman after a break? It's Josh Bell. I don't know. I think yeah. there's a demand. And and who who is on the market in terms of trades for first baseman? There's not. We want we wanted Christian Walker to be, but he is CJ Cron. I, I think could be had. All right, go to break. Go to break. If you're talking about <laughs> CJ Cron, I'm, I'm I need. I had someone. I had someone ask me about him today. That's the only reason I'm. Bringing I saw. Up. I saw. Yeah, I'm just not that interested. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I mean, it was what was it this year? It was, it was he was league average at age 32, with terrible defense and pretty yeah. bad splits. Like maybe after last year, I would have considered it. But yeah, you don't, you don't come after. There's that. nobody. I mean, there, Drury is still out there, but Drury is behind Bell for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody else is trading at first base, and otherwise we would have talked about it because we talked about Christian Walker. That's not going to happen. Nobody else is yeah. trading first baseman. So Josh Bell is the next big fish. So I think the market's still going to be strong for him. I don't see how Boris doesn't get him four years and, you know, 12 to 15 million per year. Yeah, no, I I think I, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Why don't we actually, though, take that break that you threatened there and then come back, uh, maybe talk about some prospects here uh, on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. And we are back. Long break. Um, nice. Welcome back. You know, like I said we uh, we discuss what the you, rumors be. And you were right, though. You you did make up bring up a great point before we move on to prospects real quickly about Josh Bell. There are just so many similarities to Carlos Santana. I don't want I don't want to steal your thunder because you found the uh, you found the the stats where we were looking, but we were looking at swing takes. Um, uh, on Statcast, so basically they assign a run value based on basically it's walks, strikeouts, and home runs, or taking a ball, taking a strike, or hitting a home run. Um, and Josh Bell, not great on the heart of the plate, negative eight run value in the middle of the plate, uh, negative thirteen on the shadow of the plate, which is basically like the black on of the plate or the letters to the knees, like pitchers' pitches. But outside the strike zone, major positive run value at plus forty two. Um, basically the whole swing less thing is more valuable, and that's what it is for Bell. Carlos Santana is very similar. It's a weird profile. It's a profile I just you know have concerns with because you're relying on walks as value, and he may always walk, but he may regress hitting the ball than he already has now. Um, so that's my concern there. But it's interesting to look at that 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 value or those uh, that data because um, it can be very telling, and that's how he's very very closely. Um, Related statistically to Carl Santana. Now you've made the fan base hate him. So when he oh, that. see, for years I was always a Carl Santana defender. I mean, I, I was I, as well. And <clears throat> some people have forgotten just how bad that was. But there was, I mean, I I won't call out specific media members, but I saw like like media like disparaging his production at points. It's like yeah, people just didn't understand like yeah. the walks, and everything else, like. And it wasn't just he was walking. He still had a slugging percentage in the 400s. You know, it wasn't like he wasn't hitting for power at the time. So um, he's not now as much, but yeah. 
So pitching prospects, you want to wrap up the show with pitching prospects? Yeah, we're going to keep it short and sweet here. Um, actually, yes, we're going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I was just debating if I would cut the show and have a good... Eventually, we're going to figure this out. So then we'll do a longer show version on YouTube and try to space ourselves a little bit better. It is a work in process um, just so we can make everybody happy. We appreciate everyone who has been commenting about how much they love the longer fo- format. We want to make sure to always provide that. So eventually it might move to the point where it's like you get extra on YouTube. So, hey, again, subscribe, subscribe on YouTube. Um, favorite. We, we thought we'd do something fun. Like who we talked some starting pitchers yesterday and we've kind of talked to depth about a lot of the pitchers in the system. So we thought it might be fun to maybe talk about a, take a favorite prospect who's lower down the line. Um, a guy who we are watching, looking at who, who is a maybe underrated, but more than anything, just a lower, like an un, lesser named prospect. So Justin, you actually have more of a knowledge of this part. So I'm going to have you go second. Uh, just because I think Justin's better informed than I am. Uh, so I, I think That's you're going to get better information <laughs> on on this. But a guy I've liked, and this probably isn't a surprise, is is Trenton Denholm. I know the numbers this year were not, uh, were not huge. Like uh, it was a 479 ERA. It was a 22-year-old in A-ball. That's not great. The 9.86 K to, to nine ratio. My co-host, former co-host, does not agree with this assessment. By the way, I um, mean I said that he ran up, but his FIP was a 401. His ex-FIP was a 427. A little home run prone. I am curious to see what he can do next year, just because you know he always had the I believe the changeup was the really good offering in college, um, and then all of a sudden he started throwing super hard. Now he didn't maintain that velocity, uh, from what I heard in reports, but I, you know, the, in the, I think the curve also looked better. Like he had a potential as a starter and I think maybe more than likely ends up being an, an interesting relief prospect, but I liked him dating back to his college days. I thought they would look at him out of, I think you see Irvine in the 2020 draft. Instead, they came back in the 2021 draft, got him in day one. And it's interesting before, before like Tanner Bybee broke out with the added velocity it was last spring when Denholm was the talk for the velocity jump. And again, I don't think he maintained it. I didn't hear as many positive reports, but sometimes with that jump, even if you don't maintain it, it takes a little bit to get used to how you throw with more stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily saying he's a top 20 guy because he wouldn't be for me, but I'm saying he's an interesting player. You want to keep your eyes on because there is a chance he could be a helium target for next year. I agree with you on, on Denholm. Denholm was, for me, was what I thought. I thought he would do what Tanner Bybee did, so I'm 100% with you on on Denholm. Uh, smaller guy, they obviously have a lot of faith in. I will say the guy I'm really interested in, at a lower level, who didn't, he should be in double A to start the year, we'll see, is Jack Lefwich. I'm a little nervous saying that because he ended the year with an elbow issue. They shut him down at the end of the year with some elbow soreness. Um, so he didn't pitch the playoffs for Lake County. Uh, and he just turned 24, I believe. Let me double check that. I think he just turned 24. If not, I think that's uh, he he turned 24 yeah. in back in September. So he'll be he'll be 24 all of next season. So he needs to be in Double A. Uh, but he had over 100 innings last year, and he had over 100 strikeouts. Didn't walk a ton of batters. More control than I thought he was going to have. I don't know how much of that is due to being in the lower level, but you know we saw a fastball that got to 97 at times last year. I like the slider. Uh, the changeup had showed some promise at times. 
Um, he's a very cerebral pitcher. He's shown a lot of growth personally. A guy who was uh, maybe not, who didn't take things seriously at high school and high school level, um, grew a ton in college and met, mentally is very focused right now. Um, and he gets the data side of things. Like I know I, I talked to him earlier in the year and he was talking about how he wanted to, he was working on changing the shape of his fastball because the shape of his guys who throw the, he has a gyro slider, I believe. And guys who throw the gyro slider don't typically have the kind of fastball he has. So he's trying to work on that because it's better for, I don't know, I'm guessing like tunneling. tunneling and deception, right? Like, you know, yeah. Or, um, so guys, shifted wake yeah. maybe. Yeah. Cause then they can't. Like when it's when there's that big of a disparity, sometimes it's just okay. They can pick up really quickly. Okay, this is the fastball. This is the change, and then yeah, it's again. the spin direction. Yeah, the spin direction. He'll be able to spin mirroring is what it was. Spin mirroring. So the fat he's working on changing the shape of his fastball to play off his slider better. So he kind of gets those side of things. Um, but his control was a lot better than I thought it was going to be coming into the season. I thought Tommy Mace was going to be the guy that took off as like the. Um, you know, surefire. Yeah, the well, just the control and command guy who would have a good season. I thought Leftwood should be in the bullpen, but uh, no, I, I'm definitely interested. I mean, I know we talked about Doug McCasey with um, Lindsay a little bit, but I I really like to see I like to see where Jack Leftwood is going. I think the stuff is there. Um, there are some concerns about the delivery as well. I think the delivery has a little bit of violence to it, so a lot of bullpen risk. But um, even if he's a reliever, he could be a very good one. Yeah, I mean, the, the profile you just described is a good reliever, and you can never have enough of those. And we'll be previewing the bullpen later this week, so we can do a bit of a, a shout for that. Um, yeah, thank you for listening, rating, reviewing, downloading daily. It helps. Subscribe on the YouTube. 61 away. Help out our show as we get closer and closer to. And hey, uh, if we showed up in any of your Spotify wrapped, uh, a yeah. special thank you to, to Zach, who, uh, who listens to a lot of this and their podcast I do. He tweeted out his uh, screenshots and uh, of, of his Spotify wrapped. And I think we were up there with uh, Locker. Yeah. No, Orange and Brown. There was a football one at one. Oh, but yeah. I Brown's one a big so Cavs you, one. Yeah. 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 If, if you tag me in any of those tweets, I will retweet it with, with the statement. I did that a year yes. ago, and I plan to do that this year. Um, but Thank yeah, you. Uh, thank you to everyone. It's, uh, it's awesome to see. And, uh, you know. Thank you for everything you do. I'll keep doing the Daniel Tiger song until someone else uh, says something. Because, yeah, but you're uh, officially more nerdy than I am. If you know, I don't yeah, know what that is, so you no, officially sorry. It's, it's, me. A, it's a parent thing. It's a hundred percent a parent <laughs> thing. Um, thank you all. And as we end every show, go go Guardians, go.